Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse basketball's recent success in the NBA and ACC Media Day in football. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is the Juice Online alum and ESPN.com's Rachel Marcus. Rachel, great to talk to you again. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Wes. I appreciate it. Good to be back. Yes, and great to have you back, Rachel. And we'll get you started on this one. You wrote an article on ESPN.com titled, Ranking Colleges That Produce the Most Potentially Impactful NBA Players. That's a lot of loaded words in that title. So, Break down the methodology used to put together these rankings. Yeah, sure. So the important thing to keep in mind throughout this whole article is that none of it was opinion-based. Um, it was all about the numbers. So we basically um, created this system where we looked at every draft of the last 10 years that we had to score to each player. So if you were the first pick in the draft, that would get you 60 points. So, for example, Kentucky, because they had a couple of those, um, or actually a few, they had, you know, John Wall, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, all those guys. So when you go one, you got 60 points, and it decreased all the way to the last pick, which got one point. Um, so the order of all the teams was really just based off of um, how it fell after we, after we created that. And the word, you know, potentially impactful, um, that just meant that, you know, we're not, we're not rating them on how they did in the NBA, just if they had the chance you know, get there and do well. So Syracuse finished number five in your rankings. And I guess the reason why is because Syracuse has had so many recent first round picks in the last 10 years, including high ones like Wes Johnson and Dion Waiters. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I was a little surprised to see Syracuse at number five, but then I also remembered that they just produced, I mean, almost every year. And, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit too, but you know, just recently they've had a little bit of a drop-off, but at least when I was there and even going back a little bit before that, they've consistently had guys drafted, and not just drafted, but in the first round every year. So, you know, while those guys may not have necessarily panned out as expected in the NBA, there's no doubting that they that they produced. And I was a little surprised, too, because you look at some of these guys that Syracuse has had drafted recently, Michael Carter-Williams, Jeremy Grant, Michael Benajay, Chris McCullough. These guys were drafted, and some have had even nice NBA careers, but none of them have been all-stars. So I guess it's not really about 
what they've done since they got there. It's just the fact that they got to the NBA in the first place. Right. And, and the thing is like this, like we, we could have done, you know, a separate one where it says, okay, how did these guys actually turn out in the NBA? But this one was really just saying, okay, if you're looking at these schools, which schools are getting guys not just drafted, but drafted high year after year. And, you know, and Syracuse was just up there and you, you listed all those guys and you really you go back year after year and they just consistently had guys. And, you know, if you were to do a ranking based off of how they did an NBA, I'm not sure that Syracuse would necessarily be up that high compared to, you know, a lot of other schools. But just in terms of, you know, the sheer numbers, um, while they may not have reached, you know, the full potential, this story was really just based off of, do they have a shot? And by being, you know, drafted high, um, Syracuse has been one of the schools that's really been ranked up there in terms of having, basically giving players a chance to make a difference in the NBA. Rachel, I broke down your top 10 by conference, and I got some interesting results. You have one SEC team, one Big Ten team, two from the Big 12, and then three each from the Pac-12 and the ACC. You noted this in the article itself, but it seems like producing NBA talent doesn't necessarily translate to success on the college basketball court, especially in light of the Pac-12, which has struggled in recent years. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, especially, you know, if you have Washington and UCLA and Arizona, and, you know, they've all had varying degrees of success. But like you said, you know, generally, you know, other conferences um, have done better than the Pac-12. And I definitely, you know, when I looked at that list, I said, wow, theoretically, some of these Pac-12 teams probably should have done better and should have gone further in the tournament, um, especially with all the NBA talent that they've produced. And with some of those Pac-12 teams, um, not only have they produced talent, but their guys generally do pretty well in the NBA. So, you know, I'm not going to go in, you know, and, and knock how, you know, any, any, any programs here, but it does make you think, okay, should, be, should these schools have had, you know, a better record um, given, given the talent they've produced. And again, like the story, we're not judging how they're doing in the NBA, but I mean, if you look at a lot of a lot of these guys, especially in Washington, Washington had so many guys um, and guys drafted high too. It, it just, you know, it, it it really doesn't necessarily. I mean, it's like we say, like just the college game. There's a lot of guys who are just, you know, better suited um, for the NBA and vice versa. Like I remember Russell Westbrook, he was he was good at UCLA, but he's way better in the NBA. Um, so you know. Just because we're saying that, you know, these teams have guys who are drafted high, yeah, we're saying that they could potentially do well in the NBA, but we're not, you know, necessarily saying that they will do well. And in a lot of cases, they didn't and, and vice versa. So, so yeah, it's interesting to look at and just to see, you know, certain, certain schools and certain conferences, um, the game just translates translates better one way you know or the other and the same the same thing can be said certain guys are just um way better for college than than the nba so so yeah that was interesting to look at um and to kind of see how how it shaped out rachel what kind of reaction did you get from this article i'm sure a lot of people chimed in with their thoughts in the comments section and also on twitter yeah um i mean i think a lot of people's first thoughts when they saw it were um First off, they didn't realize that it was necessarily based off of uh, basically a point system that we had created. 
So some people thought that, you know, there was bias involved. Um, and then some people thought that I went to Syracuse and they said, oh, that's why they're so high. And I said, no, no, like they really just have produced a lot of guys like just as high in the NBA. <laughs> it's just facts. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of people, uh, I, there were a lot of people chiming in about Kentucky because they're obviously very high. Um, and Kentucky was kind of interesting because they actually have produced, obviously, the number one. So they've produced a lot of guys and they've sent a lot of guys to the NBA. Um, but they've also, their guys have, for the most part, done really well in the NBA. So, you know, for some of these, like Syracuse, where it's kind of been mixed, or, you know, other ones where, like, you have some of these Pac-12 teams where maybe they weren't, you know, as great in college but were better in the NBA. Like, Kentucky was kind of one that hit on both. So, Kentucky fans generally liked it. Um, of course, I heard from some schools, whereas, you know, Michigan State, whereas UConn. And there, and there like, were a lot of schools. Like, I, I, I list at the end of it some of the schools I just missed. Um, when you think about it, there's a ton of colleges and there's a lot of guys who, who produce NBA players. Um, but also like another thing is this was also just for the last 10 years, um, which, you know, I think if you looked a little further back, you would see something differently. Like, especially with Syracuse, I think they've just been really strong in the last, you know, 10, 12 years, which kind of propelled them to the top of the list. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's based on facts. Um, another another thing that people were discussing was whether or not these schools, especially for one and done players, are actually producing these players. Like, are the schools responsible for it? Um, so that was an interesting debate over it. Um, I don't necessarily have an opinion on that, but there were some people who said, oh, you know, the school doesn't produce these one and done players. They're already good. Um, so that was just another interesting kind of um, angle to keep in mind with the whole thing. Um, but basically the thing I keep coming back to is, you know, we, we did this around the NBA draft, um, and we were basically just looking at, okay, if you were, you know, if you were going to send someone to a college where you wanted them to have a good chance of getting drafted and getting drafted high, this might be a good list to look at. It doesn't guarantee NBA success, but it gives you an overall idea of, you know, which schools as of late. Um, have done a good job of sending guys um, to the NBA. And, you know, once once they get to the NBA, you know, it's, it's on them. But um, so basically it, it just gives a simplified look at, um, at which schools um, basically have their players um, being sent, you know, and, and being drafted high. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it was mostly, you know, people had, people had their thoughts and opinions. Um, but you know, I have a whole list where it breaks down every school and all the numbers and, uh, the top 10, you know, they were clearing away the top 10. So, so that's how, that's how it's going to be. And, you know, you can't argue with math. So that's that. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for coming back on the program again, ESPN.com's Rachel Marcus. Rachel, always a pleasure to talk to you. Come back on the program anytime. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Wes. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Great stuff from our friend of the Juice Online alumni, Rachel Marcus. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, we've got ACC Media Days in football this week in Charlotte on Wednesday and Thursday. Syracuse will be in the Atlantic Division on Wednesday. You've been covering Syracuse for five decades now. You've been to plenty of media days during that time. You've heard all the coach speak, the cliches, the platitudes. So as a veteran media member, what are you looking to take out of this specific media day? 
Well, in this case, Wes, it's, I think, a milestone for the ACC membership for Syracuse football because coming off the 10-3 and season, I am so excited to see how, as we've talked about, Syracuse is a northern member of a southern conference. So how will the Orange be perceived? How will the media uh, rank Syracuse in the preseason poll that comes out after the, uh, the media day event? And just what will be the kind of buzz around Syracuse football? I'm so excited about that because we know about the rebuilding job what Dino Babers has done here. He's the modern version, in my mind, of what Coach Mack did in the 80s. And he's doing it at an even faster pace, which is even more amazing in this day and age of the Power Five conferences. So I'm so excited to see how Syracuse football will be perceived. And then, of course, if it's the hype, Will the Orange be able to live up to the hype? I'm already thinking ahead to game three, Clemson sold out in the dome and how much hype on ABC, a primetime game that that's going to have. And just backing up now to media day, uh, how, how they'll be perceived. Uh, Tommy DeVito will be the, 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 the subject of so many microphones and cameras and interviews. And as the new leader of the team succeeding Eric Dungey, that will also be very interesting to watch. And then Dino Babers himself, how will he, uh, the maestro of this uh, turnaround for the program, how will he uh, be this year coming off last year where he was kind of coy? He knew the kind of talent he had. He knew it was going to be a breakout season. I don't think he would have predicted double-digit victories. But then how will Dino, Dino Babers react to this? I'm also very eager to see that, Wes. Brad, you touched on it where you asked where Syracuse is going to end up in the preseason media polls. If you had to vote where Syracuse would end up in the Atlantic Division, where would you put them? Right there at 2-3 because I I can't figure out Florida State. They have so much talent, but the coaching conundrum there with Willie Taggart. I I certainly think Syracuse is right there with with Florida State behind Clemson. I think NC State has fallen a little bit. BC will be tough because they have an easier schedule this year. Uh, but, but but back to that point, uh, yeah, I would have Syracuse uh, right there at the second or third spot in the Atlantic. But to me, it's going to come down against the games, against the programs where, you know, you, you expect to be, you know, even. And, and can you win the games against Boston College in the Dome, Pittsburgh in the Dome, Wake Forest in the Dome, and then at Duke? Those four games are really going to show a lot. Then when you look at the other four uh, with Louisville, NC State, Florida State, and Clemson. So I think Syracuse is right there with so much talent coming back and, and the players that contributed in the bowl game victory that return. But I know Florida State's got a lot of talent. I, I just, you know, are they going to emerge? I, I kind of have a feeling they, they are, and Syracuse has that game on the road. So that could end up being the, the tiebreaker game, so to speak, for second spot in the Atlantic behind Clemson. Brad, Syracuse set such a high bar for itself last season with 10 wins. Is it New Year's bowl game or bust for the team this year? I really think it is fair to say, and I wrote my uh, last Orange Watch article about that because they set a high standard. You're right. I mean, rare double-digit victories in program history, first time since 2001. Uh, Wasn't quite New Year's Day, but they played in a Florida game in in Orlando, a fertile recruiting opportunity there. And for this year, the way the bowl game lineup shakes out, I'm not going to say Syracuse is going to have that that dream season to get to the college football playoff semifinals, but then the Orange Bowl's in play. Certainly, even if uh, you know Clemson does advance to the the college football playoff, the the Orange Bowl for the next highest ranked team, it would be in play. And 
That game is on a Monday night prime time on ESPN right after the NFL regular season ends. So be a lot of exposure for that game. The Cotton Bowl in, in the New Year's Day Six is also eligible to the ACC. So it could be conceivable if the ACC had three, you know, top 12, 13 ranked teams. The Cotton Bowl could be in play. Certainly great exposure in that game in Arlington, Texas. And then after that, uh, the Citrus Bowl could be in play, depending on the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten being a matchup in the Orange Bowl for the ACC. But that game would also be very attractive, played on New Year's Day in the same stadium as last year, but an upgrade from a prestige standpoint. So I think that's where Syracuse has to be, maybe slipping to the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville on January 2nd. But after that, you really don't want to slip down to the belt with all due respect, the pinstripe, uh, the Music City. Uh, and then, you know, certainly we won't even talk about the Tier 2 Bowls and the ACC protocol. But you're right. The bar's been set. I think that's what Syracuse fans will be expecting. And uh, that, that's what will be remain to be seen if they can match that or, or do even uh, better this coming season. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Wes, as I was thinking about that Clemson game, third game of the season, already sold out, primetime ABC, and we know it's going to be 105 degrees inside the Dome, and maybe that'll be one of the other advantages for Syracuse in that matchup. But it also got me thinking that for Syracuse fans, this is going to be the final season as the Carrier Dome as we know it. And by that, I mean everyone knows about the whoosh and the air sounds entering the building and the uh, tight spaces in the corridors and the kind of antiquated restrooms and concession facilities and putting up with the bench back seating and all of that. And it gives us something to look forward to as renovations begin in earnest March 1st of 2020 into the new roof and eventually all the amenities that we're looking forward to. So think about it, Orange fans. This will be the final season. You have to go through all those hassles to get inside the building. All the good things are coming down the road. Brad, my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse forward Tyler Lydon, who agreed to a two-year deal with the Sacramento Kings on Sunday. Lydon's developed into a marketable stretch forward during his brief NBA career, shooting 50% from the field and 36% from downtown. I actually just hope he gets more of an opportunity with the Kings than he did with Denver. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I'm going to make you a sandwich doesn't sound threatening unless the person who said it is a wizard. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.